Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Hayden with the Hill Pursuit Podcast. In today's episode, episode 59 of the show, um, it's really just a race preview for my upcoming um, Eagleman 70.3 Half Ironman race this weekend. Um, I'm traveling tomorrow. It's going to be a pretty awesome race. I talk a little bit about my preparation, um, plans for race day, a little bit of everything, honestly. Uh, we also talk about what Mitch has been doing lately for training and how sleds are super, super important for him specifically, but any and all athletes as well. Um, talk a little bit about um, a book that we both are starting to read. Um, we talk about lifting. We talk about the specifics of the race course um, and then how to essentially moderate race effort and whether or not that comes with experience or if. Um, and when we kind of talk about its relevance related to um, just kind of writing it down on paper versus experiencing it during race time. So thanks for listening. This is episode 59. Hope you enjoy. man what's going on not a whole lot just a different little, little change of scenery today in uh in the office getting some work done had some research going on in the lab which is kind of cool so um yeah but uh yeah things are good we got we got a big weekend ahead of us uh in terms of in terms of racing which i'm sure we'll get into but mm -hmm. um yeah it's been a little bit since we've since we've had uh an episode i guess so let's just kind of catch up how's training been going it's good man i uh i'm back on factory one so kind of back there and um you know i just i think when was it? it was like probably two months ago i was battling like that glute like low back yeah. you know for a long time and that, that was annoying man i didn't know i never had something like it last that long and um so I, like i said i I stopped squatting and deadlifting for a while with a barbell. So I just did a bunch of sled work. So I'm back. I, I'm doing all my sets for the squat and deadlift. I'm capping them at five reps, no matter how good I feel right now. Um, probably for the first four weeks. Um, like the other day, I, I think I just, I had 315 on my back for, for squat. And I was like, that could have just kept going. But I was like, no matter what, I'm just stopping at five. And, that's good um, though. I mean, that's, that's some big weight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I at least, I mean, I definitely have like 10 plus in me. Um, so I just, but I was like, I told myself it's your first time yeah. with, with 315 on your back again. So I was just like, I put it on, capped it at five, left it at that. Same thing with deadlift. Um, so I'm just going to do that for the first four weeks. Um, I've been doing a lot of sled work, um, pretty much all my warm ups um, or sled dragging. Um, I'll go front, back, sideways. And then I usually throw some upper body pulling in there. And then uh, my conditioning has been some just long. I did a mile sled drag the other day. Um, it, but I think I just had 90 added on to the sled or 50. I can't remember what I put on. When I say sled, I have a prowler. I don't have like your traditional like sled. I was just going to ask you, what do you mean when you say sled? Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, so I have a prowler. And then what I did is I went and actually just went to like a uh, – a hardware store and bought uh, a big ass or big sorry excuse me yeah big, now now i have to click the 
the explicit button on our podcast. Wow. <laughs> the big, uh, this big toe strap. That's all I use is a toe strap and I got two steel eyes and, um, I use that. Uh, I was using my lifting belt and just putting it around there, but this works way better. And, um, and then, uh, it feels good. So like the one mile, what I did was I would stop here and then just breathe for maybe 10 seconds. But what I try to do is keep moving. And if I got tired, I would just switch positions. So if I was going frontward and start to get fatigued, I would go backwards. Um, so that was more for conditioning when I'm doing my warmups. I'm not usually, I'm going nice and slow, like each foot, each step I'm getting traction, kind of like I'm trying to bury my foot in the ground and, uh, you know, really work on that. Um, so yeah, so that's been good, but, um, I mean, that's, I don't have too much exciting. You're the one that's kind of closed it in on a, a real big weekend. So. Well, that sounds sweet though. I don't really have access to a sled, but I used to maybe like, a year and a half ago, the one of the facility the facility I was working at, just kind of off and on coaching, had mm. some pretty cool, some pretty cool like sled space and some decent sleds, and um, I definitely loved implementing that stuff into not even just warm ups, but into like workouts too. So, um, yeah, that I miss that stuff for sure. It's pretty sweet that you're doing that. It sounds like. Um, almost like when you were saying you did like a mile for time, I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about him before, but you know, the liver, who the liver King is. Yeah. 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 Um, he literally does that. I don't know. It's, he makes it seem like he does it like all the time. Maybe it's, it's just a social media thing where he just posts crazy videos of himself all sauced up and carrying <laughs> stuff. But, um, he only eats liver, man. Yeah, I know he eats liver, among other things. <laughs> but um, yeah, he he'll like uh, he'll strap like twenty or thirty pounds onto each ankle. Yeah, with humongous ankle weights, he'll carry. This is pretty boss. He'll carry like seventy pound uh, two pood kettlebells, one in each hand. That's legit. Yeah. He has, I think he doesn't have a vest on because if you, you know, if he puts a vest on, then you can't see, you can't see all the, the greatness of the liver king. So no vest, but then he'll put like, he'll put his, his straps on and he'll, I forget what the weight is. I think overall, I think he has double his body weight is what I think he says. I think he's like five, five, like probably 200 pounds, 190. I don't know. He's short. I know he's shorter, but he's got at least 140 pounds in his hands, 20 or 30 on each leg, and then he's he's dragging a sled too, and he just kind of does that. He makes it look like he does all the time. But anyway, that's what I was like envisioning. I'm like, Mitch is the next liver king, liver <laughs> prince. But anyway, which which probably would suit you pretty well because you love you would love eating that stuff. Um. Anyways, yeah, that's sweet. Um sleds are great but I've been, I've been doing it more so just like uh because the sled doesn't beat you up like really you know there's there's it's all concentric you know so that's why i've been you know it's a little extra work you know you can get yeah. you can work on some different areas and you're not not really taking out of your main stuff right so if i want to like maybe work on some like upper back work i just drag the sled you know and then it's not totally crushing you and that's why right. and just I'm doing it overall just like to, to build some 
build some stuff up and just overall like GPP, you know, just it's, it's easy, but consistent work, you know? Yeah. A sled is something that, that like you, you don't know you need to use muscles that you have to operate something like a sled. Like think about the two complete different ends of the spectrum something like a sled where you're activating and stabilizing with these tiny little muscles all over your body that you can't even come close to touching. If you sit down at a weight machine in a gym, you know what I mean? So it's, even if it's just for that, it's not like it has to be crazy overloaded or anything just for that. You're exactly right. The GPP aspect, the general physical preparedness aspect of the sled is it really is great. Now you're making me want to get a sled or something. So yeah, so I think you should um, try athletes and sled training. <laughs> That's gonna be uh, you're gonna be our guinea pig. Yeah, that'll be our that'll be our first the first program we create and put out to the people. Yeah, right. Sled training for triathlon that'd be funny. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Let's so, um, segue into that, huh? Let's segue into that. How are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, right. No, I'm doing good. Uh, today's the first day, so today's. Friday. We'll publish this today. Today's Friday and I'm leaving tomorrow morning at like 4.30 or 5 a.m. Um, so today's the first day that I'm quote carb loading, I guess. Um, I started this morning with breakfast. I go back and forth between like the meal or the dinner meal tonight or earlier in the day today. So two days away as to like what I'm feeling for a carb load, but I decided to go for it this morning because I don't have the opportunity to make a huge breakfast tomorrow. Um, so I knew I was going to make it today. So I kind of just made the carb load start early this morning, which, which is, is fine. It's not going to mess me up or anything, but anyway, so yeah, I, I, I started that and I do have a really short, like 30 minute jog today. So I'll continue to load up the carbs this afternoon and big dinner tonight and another big breakfast if I can tomorrow, but I'm on the road. So it'll just be more frequent than it is like sit down and eat a huge meal. And then um, pretty light lunch, pretty light dinner and just make sure I hit my race morning routine, which I'm still not even, I still haven't carved out hundred percent yet, but um yeah, I'm feeling really good. So tomorrow I leave. It's like a six-ish hour drive with some stops, probably six and a half, you know. Um, I am picking up a friend who is racing as well. We're staying really close to each other. We're not staying in the same hotel. I don't think we're in the same hotel or even, ho- you know, we're not in the ho- same hotel room. I don't even think we're in the same hotel. It's one of those things where you kind of want your own space so you can do what you need to do. And more so for more so, you know, out of respect for him too, because he's very competitive and um, I'm competitive, but I'm at the point where I'm competitive with myself. (laughs) He's at the point where he's competitive with the other athletes who are there. So um, definitely um, want to give him his, his own space. And I, I like my own also, so I can, rest when I need to get my food and stuff ready and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm feeling good. I had some pretty cool workouts lately. Um, 
trying to think anything super fun since the last time we talked. Um, so I did, this is a little while back, maybe two weekends ago. I rode the entire Ohio 70.3 bike course. I don't know if we even talked about that. Did I tell you I was doing that? No. So we were out at the, um, my wife's family has a lake house in the same town as the Ohio 70.3 that I registered for. And um, I rode the whole bike course. Two weeks ago was my longest bike ride prior to like a taper for this upcoming race. And the, both bike courses are very, very similar. So Eagle Man, which is this weekend in Maryland, is basically 100% flat. There's no rolling hill. There's, there's zero climb. It's ridiculous how flat this course is. So on the surface, you know, you might think that, or, or here, like someone who, who doesn't ride 60 miles on outside, I guess, you might hear a flat course, oh, it's easy. You know, there's no climbing, but there's also no brake. So there's no downhill, which means you're pedaling the entire time. So you don't get any time off. Um, your only time off would be to just like sit up out of the saddle, drop your gearing a little bit, you know, try to speed your legs up or, or do something else. But there's no cruise. There's no cruise on a flat course. So um, that presents its its own challenges. And that's different than the um, the race that I had like three weeks ago, which is just an Olympic local race. That course has like 2,000 feet of elevation in just like 20 miles. And that's a really fun course to ride because, yeah, you have to, you have a couple climbs and they're slow and you have to put out some big, big watts, but you're flying down those hills like 40, 45 miles an hour. And I mean, that's awesome. And you get, you have a lot of time to just cruise and rolling hills. I, you know, I almost prefer rolling hills because I like and I'm able to push up hills pretty strong. And then because I'm a larger, I guess, endurance athlete, I can fly pretty fast downhill, you know? So it's pretty, it, it definitely suits me to have like a rolling hill course. Um, but anyways, this weekend is 100% flat. Ohio 70.3 is really, really flat. There's a few tiny hills. And when I say few, I literally mean there's probably two or three um, very, very, very small hills where you have to be a little bit mindful. So you're not like pushing it too hard, I guess, but there's really no downhill. It's those three hills are really just very, very small rolling. So the courses are so similar that my last big ride fell on a weekend. I was out there. So I just rode the course. I had a three hour ride. I think I rode for three hours and like three minutes. That's how close I was to literally riding the entire course in that, in that time frame. I had a three hour ride. I rode the entire course and it felt great. It was really cool to like be on a race course too. Even though that race is like, what is that? That's like seven weeks from now. But um, so like they're not setting anything up or even close to that yet, but I rode that course, which was my last big bike workout, and it felt great. 
I had a 20 minute um, run off the bike for that workout. And when I've had, this is the big difference in this season. When I've had runs off the bike as part of like workouts, I've been pushing those runs because in my, in my mind, I'm like, look, it doesn't matter if I like fall over and I, I can't complete this. This is literally just 20 minutes. Let's just push it and see what I have. So after a three hour ride, I literally pushed it like pretty hard a couple times for, for runs off the bike. And I've been averaging like low sevens for those runs off the bike after long bike work workouts. Now, when I get into a race, I would never come off that hard, obviously. But right. I just mentally wanted to know like what I have in me in that short amount of time right off the bike. And that's been the biggest difference from last season is I didn't have that type of energy off the bike last year. Not, not even a little bit. And like I'd be coming off the bike and I'm I might look down at my watch and see like nine minutes or eight, eight something. Um, but I was, I had like, I have a lot better running fitness off the bike this year. And um, I actually looked back through last year's <laughs> when I did Eagle man, I looked back through like the race report that I wrote in the blog um, from last year. And I like, my legs buckled when I was like a quarter mile into the race. I don't know if you, if you remember talking about that, Yeah. but I, I was in like pain almost when I started that race. I kind of forgot about that part of it, but I almost had to completely stop a quarter mile in because my legs buckled because I didn't have the run fitness after a long or a hard bike. And this year I have it. And I'm just, like I'm feeling very, very confident about the run specifically. And I'm just really excited to race. I've had a couple great workouts. That was one of them that run off the bike. Um, and then just this week on Monday night, I had an open water swim at the park by us, which was great to get out in the water and, um, you know, literally swim in an open water and not in a pool where you're kicking off the lanes and you got to deal with fish and you got to deal with, you know, branches or whatever else you're flying into when you're swimming. Um, so it's, it's just uncomfortable. If you don't do it, you don't have the comfort of doing it. So the more you can get into open water, the better. So I got into open water this Monday. This is hilarious. And the, um, the course was roped out. It probably was about like, six to seven maybe 750 meters so i couldn't tell exactly but i did one loop kind of slow like just kind of warming up it took me like 13 or so minutes 13 and a half and then i did another loop about 13 and um i was planning to take my wetsuit off at that point the reason being um is the water temps in Maryland right now are very high, which means you're not allowed, you're not allowed to wear a wetsuit after a certain degree because it becomes unsafe to potentially overheat like that. So um, 
I was planning to take my wetsuit off and practice just swimming in like a swim skin um, because I anticipate that's what we'll be doing. But so I stand up after my, I finish my second lap and the, the director of the open water swim is looking at me and I'm looking around and I'm seeing nobody else is in the water. I'm the last person there because I got there late. It, you can only swim for two hours. And I only was able to swim for like 40 minutes because I got there so late. Everyone's already out of the water. There's 15 minutes left. And I'm, I'm like wondering why she's looking at me. And she yells, you going for another one? And I was like, yeah. She goes, better hurry up. You're on the clock. There's no one else in the water. No one else swimming. So I ended up having like a great <laughs> last like six to 800 meters because I just booked it <laughs> like the, I did a third loop and I just booked it and I felt I fell into a groove and it just felt great. So that little push that she kind of gave me was really helpful and gave me a little bit of extra confidence, like getting out of that workout in the open water. I, I actually felt really strong It started like the current started to pick up a little bit. Um, it's like that last lap was not an easy lap and I swam pretty well and I swam hard. So I was really pleased coming off of that one. Um, trying to think of any other cool workouts. Well, this is one thing <laughs> I'll mention. I told my, um, not my coach necessarily, but I told another triathlon friend, I was like, last week I was like yeah I'll probably lift like two or three times this week talking about last week and I'll probably just lift once this week the week that I'm in right now um just to you know focus on triathlon only and staying sharp I lifted every single day this week <laughs> I, could, I don't know I just like I just it just feels so good to move some weight around and I didn't do anything super heavy at all but I did. I lifted every single day. I didn't lift today. I lifted Monday through Thursday and some of them were really long sessions, but it felt great. I feel really good coming in. And, um, I, like I said, just a tiny little jog this afternoon, probably right when we finish this up and then continue the carb load. And then tomorrow, um, I have, uh, there's like a timing, a time frame. You have to you have to check in for the race and then you select a, an hour in which you have to bring your bike into the transition area and check in your bike. So I'll be checking into the race around noon and I'll probably select a bike check-in time between like two and three. And that, that'll give me time to go back to my car, get my bike ready, make sure that it's, it's all set up for tomorrow or the next day. And then the next, the only time, I, the only little workout that I'm doing tomorrow is a 20 or 30 minute um just a cruise on the bike just to make sure everything's working right nothing's stuck or sticking and the gears are shifting properly everything's working good then i'll rack the bike and um i'll probably get in the water for 10 to 20 minutes just to swim without my wetsuit for a little bit and uh call it a day so um, there is still a little bit more to, to be done in terms of exercise, but that is tomorrow. And it's really just to stay sharp and make sure things are in working order. That's really it. So yeah, I mean, the work's done. We're, we're pretty much ready. 
I do have a lot of packing I have to do the rest of today, but um, thankfully my wife is home today to help with the kids. And um, I think my mother-in-law is actually on her way. So we'll have, I'll have some significant time to really get my things in order and pack my bags and make sure everything's set up. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's yeah. pretty much covered it. That's the cool thing. No matter, no matter what, dude, it's like all the, that's the cool thing about like, like competing, everything's done. Yeah. Like the, like the work's done and, you know, Sunday's going to be the day where you get to, you know, put all that work to the, to the, to the max and test it out. So I had a question too, man. I was just thinking like, when, I, when you think of like, uh, or when I do, I never competed in a, in the longest race I've ever ran. It was like a 10 K. Right. Um, so easily you can run the whole thing like easy um but something like a triathlon triathlon or something like you're doing just to confirm yours is, is this an olympic this is a half iron man so yeah i didn't even really say that but this um the distances real quick are 1.2 mile swim 56 mile bike and a 13.1 mile run okay so like when I think of like a, whether it's anything like endurance, maybe except like an ultra, I'm thinking like these, you're running, swimming, biking the entire time. Like, no, like, is it common for like a half, like for someone to get off their, I know there's different levels of fitness, I'm sure, but someone like you, like, you know, you know, it's not your first, you're, you're not, you're not at the top. You're definitely not at the bottom, but you're, you know, you're, you compete, right? So is it, you're on the bike is it common for you to maybe like step off the bike for like a couple of seconds or during the run stop and walk a few strides yeah okay so pretty much nobody get gets off the bike okay if people are like in distress maybe they'll get off the bike but um i i i haven't seen anybody off the bike unless they've been like in severe pain and i didn't see the only time I saw that was with a full Ironman in September. Um, but in a half iron, I didn't see it last year. I was thinking about this earlier this morning. This is only my second half Ironman. Like I've only done one of these, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm much fitter now. I expect to perform a lot better. But um, I was having this conversation with my wife and she's like, Oh, you're experienced and you've done this. I'm like, this is only my second half iron. Yeah, I've done a full iron man, but the approach to a full iron man is way different. That's just like make it through the day. As almost like as slow as you can, just make it through the day. Like it's a completely different mindset and game plan. Like I'm gonna race this race this weekend and I'm gonna feel like I can race it because. I'm much fitter and I have actual like <laughs> time goals and I'm able to push myself now. Whereas like the Ironman, it's really hard to explain this unless you're in that moment of feeling that pain. But the Ironman is like, you know, it's going to come, it, it's going to set in at some point like that pain. And you're just trying to manage it as best as you can and delay that onset but it's coming. And with the half iron, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like that for me. I should be able to feel like I'm racing the whole thing. 
and managing my time properly and pushing it as hard as I can, like the whole time. With the Ironman, I walked a lot. I had to because I was in so much pain. Okay, yeah. With this race, I don't anticipate walking at all. Okay. Um, I did last year when I'd raced this race, but again, it was my very first race um, of this distance of any type of like long distance. So I was very inexperienced. And like I said, I'm not even really that experienced. <laughs> you know, I've just, I've made it through an Ironman. You know, I, I don't feel like I raced it. I'm very proud of the finish. I don't feel like I was able to truly race it because I was managing so many issues, which was no one's fault but mine. But I have experience with that now that hopefully one day if I do that again, I'll be, I'll manage it better. But like to say that I'm experienced, is, like, that's not even, not even close. You know, this is only my third Ironman event, you know, like still, I'm still very, very new to the sport. Um, right. I was just thinking. I think, yeah. You know, no, it just, it just kind of reminded me like just in passing, I was talking with my wife and she was like, Oh well, yeah, you're you're experienced now, and you know what you're doing. And it's kind of like, I mean, I have a better game plan, but I would not call myself experienced necessarily. And I, you know, I hope that I'm able to race this entire thing. I feel like I can. I feel like I'm ready for it. Um, and I, I expect to honestly. It's just going to be a matter of can I. I'll, I'll even go on record now and say whether or not I can race this entire race is a matter of if I can pull back enough in the first like five miles of the run, not overdo those first like five or six miles of the run. Um, so um, I have to develop a, a strategy. Of course you, you develop, right. You, you have these game plans, right. But on race day, you also can't stick to a game plan because if you don't have it, let's say, for example, if you don't have it, but then you're forcing yourself to try to have it, you're going to do more harm than good, right? But if the game plan, if you have more than the game plan and you're forcing yourself to stay to the game plan, then maybe you're shorting what you could potentially do. So it's, it's like, it's great to have a game plan, but you also just need more experience in races to moderate your your effort level and that's that's a big part a game plan yeah that's a big part of what this weekend is going to be for me is just getting more experience with how to regulate my effort in a race that's 70 miles you know so um looking ahead and thinking about the rest of the season the ohio race which is seven weeks away is technically my A race. So that's the race that I plan to do as best as I possibly can at. So if that if that means I push too hard in this race and I don't do as good as I want to do and I learn something from it, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because I will, like I still need the experience. I need to know how I can regulate my effort in a race. And that's not something you can put on paper and execute perfectly on the day of a race. You have to get the experience in order to be able to do that. And that's what, you know, on the surface, maybe people don't fully grasp that, but um, yeah, I don't anticipate walking. I'm going to be honest. If anything, 
I would anticipate running too hard and maybe having to walk um, because like I just said, if I push too hard and I fail, that's still a learning moment. And if anything, that would be what happens, but I don't have it as part of my plan to like walk jog, you know what I mean? Whereas for an Ironman, that would have made a lot more sense to kind of have a, a walk jog plan because it ended up being a lot more walk than jog. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, yeah. And I think anyone that has competed in anything, you know, the more experience you get, you get a feeling for what your body can withstand, you know, yeah. I think that's normal for anything. Yeah. I love this distance though, because there, like this distance is, I don't want to use the word short, but it's not long enough to the point where I need to just like settle in and cruise. It's, it's just short enough. Okay. I'm using the word anyway. It's just short enough that I feel like I can go hard at almost the whole thing. It's not like I got, you're not surviving. You're like, right. You're, exactly. You're chasing, you know, exactly. I don't feel like it's a, okay. I need to survive through this. It's, it's more of a, let's, let's book it and see what we can do. And I feel like I can do that almost the whole time. Again, the first five miles of the run, I have to be disciplined. And if you, if you see like, I sent you my tracking stuff. If you see me like running too fast in those first five miles, you will know that I'm going to end up having to walk because those first five miles, if anything, I want them to be too slow. I'd rather those first five be be slow. I'd rather have like you seeing my splits, tracking me and thinking, oh, I wonder why he's running so slow at like a 10 minute mile or 945 or something. I'd rather you see that and then see me at 820s at the end of the race. You know what I mean? So like it's like in the and yeah, the full Iron Man, it's like you're a prey getting chased, and you're just surviving. Like they're on your tail, and you just no matter what. But this is like you are the predator. You're just you're just going out and dropped off. It does kind of it does kind of feel like that. Like I feel like I can attack the whole thing, which is great. So that's I hope that's it happens that way. But like I said, if it doesn't, it's still a learning moment because I have another important race later this year where mm-hmm. I'll try to do my best with. Um, um, learning from this one and, and improving, but I'll definitely be, definitely be following you. Are you going to put it on our website, the link to follow you too? Uh, yeah, I'll probably post that just tomorrow though. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'll do that. And I guess if anybody wants to, they can, you just kind of click a little link and it walks you through choosing a racer to, to follow. And then it just sends like a little text update to your, to your phone. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I can do that. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, cool. Cool. What else? Anything? No, man, that's pretty much that's it. Pretty much it. Yeah, let's hit uh, let's hit another cast next week, and we'll try to have a little race recap if we can. And and um, I don't know about you, but I started reading Endure, um, the Cam Haynes book, which we talked about. I'm not far into it, but I did start it, and it's ironic. I know we're we're close on time, but it's ironic for me the timing of when I started it. Because three years ago this week is when I read David Goggins' book. Uh-huh. And um, three years ago this week, I got off of an airplane after finishing that book. And I hopped into a pool and did 
a sprint triathlon with ha without having any experience. So it's kind of like, it's really funny how that timing all happened. Like, and the, those, who those two people are and reading both of those books at the same time is kind of neat how that, I just kind of caught that. Um, yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't dove into it. I'm actually on vacation in two weeks. So I think that's be like my, uh, I always take a book on vacation. Yeah. Uh, wrapping another one up now here shortly and um i'll probably read through it on when i'm gone so we'll yeah break. i mean it's it's a good start it's definitely you'll definitely like it um it's not all about hunting but he obviously uses hunting to discuss everything so i mean i know it's right up your alley i love it too i'm not a hunter at all and i love it too it's it's a, it's it's a great it's been great so far i'm like 40 pages in. i'm not far at all but um yeah, it's great. So anyways, thanks for listening. This was episode 59. Um, you can find us on, on all the things. So um, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we have a website, hillpursuit.com. The daily blog's posted there. All the other podcast shows are up there. Um, the podcast is on everything too. So um, give us a look. Um, find all the stuff. Subscribe, like, share. We appreciate that. Um, and Unless you have anything, Mitch, you got anything? That's it. Good luck, man. Cool. Oh, I appreciate it. Man. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time.